Well, hello and good morning, friends. I hope the world is treating you kind wherever you are. And as I record this, it is a Monday and it is the start of a work week for me. And right here in the Midwest, it's a little bit of an overcast, but I have some sun kind of peeking out a bit. And I think it's helping because honestly, I need all the sunshine I can get. I wanted to talk about can working women have it all? And I want to preference this because I also want to expand the consciousness of this, right? This has been the age old question for many years. And there's always this roundabout conversation about women specifically who have families. How are they managing to be mothers? And if they're married, that component. Um, But I want to expand the conversation, you know, because I get it. Historically, I'm a woman and historically I can attest to being a married woman and a single woman. And it was hard. But I think life is evolving for all of us at a lot of different levels. And this is how I kind of want to level set the conversation today. Can we have it all? That's right. This isn't just for women. This is for anyone out there who is trying to manage the life that they want for themselves. I believe that oftentimes there are many groups of people that are excluded from the conversation. And this is in no way taken from the conversation that's been going around. This is just an addition to that. And I'll tell you why. Because I see a lot of people who are childless. I see people who are retired. I see people who identify themselves as male, female, or non-binary. And the struggle is how do I have the life that I want and still show up for the things that I have to show up to? Where is it that I can draw the line and have this balance? And it's a seesaw, if I can be transparent with you, because I don't think we can have everything all at once. And I know that may sound heartbreaking or just another reality check that we already knew, right? But the reality is that we get to strategically decide at different points of our life, depending on certain situations, what things rise to the top and what things may need to rise to the bottom. And some of those things aren't always fair. Some of us don't have the best hand and hands of life takes turns. There are people who are dealing with grief and no one decides that they're gonna have people they care about pass away and they have to deal with the aftermath of that. There are people who deal with people in their homes or family life that have mental illness or special needs. And again, that journey is not linear. So is it just exclusive to people who don't have kids and who have a certain income threshold? No, no, I think this is the age old question that all of us need to examine for ourselves. Because what I would like to do is to get the wheels turning for you to come up with a plan 
that you can look back and say, I've at least identified these top things that are important to my life. And I think these things evolve and change. When my kids were younger, the biggest thing for me was really just keeping the lights on, if I can be honest. I mean, we were living from hand to mouth for a very, very long time. So I couldn't really think about in big picture at those times any other things because I was in survival mode. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. What if you're caring for a aging parent and you may be in the prime of your life? You may have the very good job that you have worked at. You may have the income that you, you desire, but you have to care for an aging parent. And that may mean maybe living in the same city that they live in. Maybe that means changing some of your schedule to accommodate things around this parent, such as doctor's appointments or one-to-one care. You know, a lot of times we have to do the pivot. And that's so popular now in social media, but we've been doing it all our lives. But we still get the onus of thinking about what's important to us. And a lot of times people don't have the luxury of saying, I'm going to do Pilates Monday through Friday, because this is something that I just love to do. And it's in my budget. Now, there are people who have it like that. But a lot of people have to be strategic. They have to look at schedules. They have to look at convenience and also the cost factor. And the other part of it, too, is can they physically do the class? So a lot of people may feel defeated because they think there's so many things that I want to do, but I really may not have the time, resources, and support. And what I'm here to do today is to not make you feel bad about wherever you are in life because life gives us a lots of lemons and we have to add the sugar to make it lemonade. And things do happen in cycles. And we have to acknowledge that there will be some seasons of times where certain things go on the back burner. For example, I live in the Midwest and there are times when the weather is not friendly in the wintertime. There's lots of ice, there's lots of snow, there's lots of accidents, and quite frankly, if I don't have to leave the house, I don't. There were times in the winter that I was very, very much in tune with my workout, and I slipped and slided all the way to the gym. And then there were times when I had to say, you know what, that workout is gonna have to happen here. You have a spin bike, you have weights, you have a weight bench, stretchy bands. There are things you can do within your home. And did it take me a little bit more gusto? It did. Did I get the workout that I needed? I did. Did it look like the way I wanted to? No. And that's the reality of this lifetime too. Oftentimes things don't show up in the package that we want it to. For example, there can be a woman who had a preference to date a 6'2 guy. But life happens. She dates a lot of 6'2 guys. But those 6'2 guys aren't the guys that she really likes. And she meets 
a guy that's 5'8 and just knocks her socks off. So what does she do? She marries the 5'8 guy. She doesn't say, oh, you're not 6'2. You're not the, the ideal catch. So I'm going to throw this whole thing away. No, she revisits her life and makes the adjustment. Because overall in totality, she's still getting the very thing that she's looking for in a relationship, in a companion. So the size height of the gentleman is not that important anymore. And I think we get the opportunity to evaluate for ourselves what things need to be important right now and what things get to be important later. I will tell you for many years, I've always wanted to formally do a will and estate planning just in general. And it just didn't come up for me. I had the best intentions in the world. I wanted to do it, but unfortunately the way life was lifing, that didn't happen. And it didn't get a chance to be on the forefront until this year. Now, I have been strategic about the life insurance policies that I have decided to carry outside of a work platform that I carry on my own. And I'm so glad I finally got those behind me because that was the other thing too. For many years, that was something that I was looking forward to doing and it just never really happened. And I really had to get pointed about this was going to be the year, which it was last year, I believe, that I was going to really get things together for my estate. And don't get me wrong, this is a work in progress because I know that each year this will have to be evaluated. And if there's any life-changing circumstances, I'll have to update that information. And I say all this to say, that's how life really goes. But I believe that there is a way that we don't need to hold ourselves hostage and lock everything away until the perfect time comes. There are some moments that we have to seize and there are some opportunities that we know we just have to take because they won't come around again. And that's just the reality of a lot of different things in our lifetime. But I think when we don't make a pointed effort to understand if we don't design a plan, we are going to be flailing and hoping for the best without any plan of direction. And what we have to do is get to the premise that we understand that we get to guide the ship. And we understand that the ship will take many different courses, but the most important part of the journey is that we're still on course to get the things that we want. It's just like all the construction going around in our town, and I'm sure many of you can relate. We are in a season where the weather is nicer, so of course, a lot of these projects happen around this time of year. And though it's very frustrating and it's annoying and it bogs things down, I do understand the premise. It just makes logical sense. I live in the Midwest. This is the time of year most of the crews come out. It just is what it is. And it may take me a little longer to get to the store than it used to, but the store is still the store. And that's my point to you when you are making your way through your life journey. It doesn't detract from it. It just means that the route is different. It's a little longer. 
And I look at a friend of mine who has a little one. You know, we both have children that are the same age. And she had another child uh, many years later with her husband. And she gets to parent two different age groups at this time. And I think that's a wonderful experience for her. Because I can tell you, as a mom of three, the parent I was with my first daughter is not the parent that my youngest daughter gets to get. And I'm grateful because I was able to learn a lot from my mistakes. And it's very, very challenging when you don't have the tools in the toolbox to take care of a human being the way you would like to, let alone how you need to. So I've been rewarded, so to speak, (laughs) to have these three different children uh, be in my life and grow with them. And some of it's been painful, I'm not going to lie, but a lot of it's been pure joy and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And the one thing I will have to say is that which each with each season comes a learning season. And I think that when we use that learning season as an opportunity to propel us forward, it takes us into things that we never probably ordinarily would have thought about. And it gives us an extra added bonus of how to look at life through a whole different lens. And I think that's life's little hidden treasures and gifts to us. You know, there's always the things on the service that everybody wants. Nice car, nice house, nice spouse, nice, you know, friendships, travel, all the, the things. But it's the real gems in between that that really make life worth living for. Take, for example, someone who says, I just retired and I have the home that I wanted. I have my family and they just volunteer, let's say, once a week at a place. But at that volunteering situation, they meet some of the most unique people that they never would have encountered had they not taken up the opportunity to be a volunteer. And that's truly how life kind of works. You know, we stick a little bit of our limb out and we get a little bit back and it's a it's a seesaw. And I look at so many times where I've been in situations where I've worked with people that I know they would have never encountered a woman of color such as myself in the setting that we're in today. But it gives them another perspective in their world of someone that they probably wouldn't have known if it wasn't for a work situation. And I think that a lot of times we can use these things for our good and use them as hidden gems, like I mentioned before, to propel us forward. And I think when we understand that life is just bigger than the stuff, it's really about the legacy that we want to leave, the people that we care about the most. And a lot of it is about getting through the day-to-day, but we have to put the sparkle to it. We are the curators of the life that we want to have. And oftentimes when I hear people later in life complain, I think about, well, what did you do the other 10, 15, 20 years prior to this? Because there were things that you could have strategically did to put your life in a whole different situation. And this excludes things that we don't have control over. But a lot of things that we do have control over, people undermine the value of them and undermine the energy into making sure those things go as planned. 
you take someone who hasn't had stable work in 20 years and in their 40s, it's going to be really swimming upstream for them trying to get into job roles that not only fit their dynamic of their age, but also fit their experience level. And also add the, add the caveat of the income, you know, so you really have to be strategic about the life that you want to make and making sure that you extract joy into everything that you can do. I was looking um, at this article, I want to say online, and it talked about this lady making a comment and I can't think of the company she's with, but I'm sure it's come up. And she made a comment that you don't have to go to all of your kids' baseball games. And life got better for her when she was able to get people to help her. And the reality is, that's kind of true. But there are some people who they get their joy from the participation of their kids being in sports and activities. And it would mean everything in the world to them to have an employer who would allow them to have the space and time to be able to support their children. And some people on the other caveat don't have the ability to go to the sports if even if they were even if they wanted to just based on their circumstances. So you see all of us have a different slant on things, but it's finding the slant that works best for you. And the other comment she made was, you know, she often outsources for different things around the house. And most people who earn a certain amount of money can outsource. But if we're talking about the average everyday family, a lot of people can't hire someone to watch their kids for any more than they're having them be watched if they are getting watched anywhere. A lot of people would love to have a housekeeper or someone come once a month or once a week. But again, that all goes into being in a financial situation where you can do that. And a lot of people aren't there, you know, and that's the other thing too. People don't realize that there is a true money privilege that exists. And when you are in a deficit, it is very hard for you to even come close to doing what these other people do. And I can tell you, you know, from my uh, days as the kids were young and I was a single mom, most of the people the kids went to school with, they were already working at home. And I want to say this was early 2000s. And I was still, you know, traditional going into the office. Um, and I had a decent job. I didn't have a bad job. I didn't even have minimum wage job. But I still had an issue making uh, ends meet. And we stayed in a, a very nice uh, neighborhood. But a lot of the people around us, I could not compete. I could not compete with those households because a lot of them, one, were two, were two family uh, income earning households, or they had one very large earner household. A lot of things happened as well as that. A lot of people had their own corp companies. And again, I got up and worked for someone. I didn't have my own company. And I really tried to make the kids fit in in their own way because there were so many times I would feel so sad and that sometimes the kids couldn't participate in activities and do what the other kids did. And, and I mention this because so many times in life we get caught up in the optics of what other people are doing. And, and yes, is vacation 
nice? Is it nice to have, you know, nice things? Definitely. But the one thing I had to learn really quickly, and I had to learn it the hard way, is that you have to stay in your lane. If your money says, this is what we can afford, you don't have to apologize for it. It just is what it is. And a lot of times we are fighting for a life that truly isn't ours. And I remember when the iPhones first came out, I could not even think about buying an iPhone. But my oldest daughter wanted one so bad. And I almost think, I have to recall the story uh, with her, but I almost want to say, I think she even saved up money towards the iPhone because she knew, you know, she was one of those kids, unfortunately, that was so astute to everything going on in the home. And I remember she would try to do everything she could to find her own rides, to not have to have me pay for programs. I mean, she was just so hypervigilant on doing anything she could possibly do to mitigate costs. And I am truly grateful for her. But a child should not have to feel like they had to do the legwork for their family. And that's just the dynamics we had at that time. And I remember we got the iPhone and I remember when the iPhone was going to get cut off because I couldn't afford the bill. And I forgot who we were with at the time. But I mean, our cell phone bill, for whatever reason at that time, was astronomically high. I mean, it was it was really freaking high. And um, I believe our services were temporarily suspended and maybe we even got it turned back on and she paid money on her own phone at one point in time. But the overarching thing was I couldn't afford it. Like everything, on everything, I could not afford it. It was not in my bandwidth. And that money that I was spending on a cell phone that I couldn't afford sure would have went better towards activities for them that I could afford, maybe even to a bill, maybe um, us having an outing, uh, you know, whatever for, for all of us, for our small family of four at that time. But I wanted to keep up with the Joneses, and the Joneses was in a whole nother league than I was. And that's the other thing we can't get into, because comparison can be a thief. We can get into looking at the optics of what other people are doing and say, you know what, I, 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 they're doing it, why can't I? And there are so many things that happen behind the scenes that we don't understand that drive things and people where they are. And we need to stay laser focused. And just like it used to be in school, keep your eyes on your own paper. And, and just be diligent about your plan and work your plan. There was a lady today, and I notice her quite a bit um, when I go to the gym. I don't have like a set day that I'm in the gym, but I'll say if it's seven days a week, I'm usually there between four and five days out of the week. And um, there's this young lady there that she's on the treadmill. Um, and when I come, she literally turns her whole head and body to like track from the time I intercept in the aisle to getting set up on the machine. And even when she leaves, and I found myself, honestly, if I can be transparent, I was a little annoyed today. And I know that sounds weird because we're in the gym. People can look and they're not hurting anybody. You know, what's the big deal? But I thought, man, that treadmill, when I, I glanced at it, it looked like it was too high for her. And, and let me say this. So oftentimes you will see people that will go at this high incline 
and the incline can be very a very good workout to those who are in decent shape to do it. I believe that incline workouts are some of my best workouts, to be quite transparent with you. Now, when I am on an incline, I have the wherewithal for me that I don't have to grab onto the railings or the bar. I feel my opinion that you get a better workout when you're not gripping for a lifesaver onto the rails. But I also know that there are people who have different illnesses and different modalities, and sometimes it just makes sense. But oftentimes, people are trying to get up high to something that they haven't worked towards. You see the correlation here? And she'll go by me and she'll kind of look at my treadmill or whatever. And the thing about it is, I've been showing up to this gym well over a year, and I've graduated into my program. Meaning that I started off at a flat surface. I started off slowly walking. I even added running at one point to the workout. And all of my workouts have evolved because I've gotten stronger and I've gotten more strategic and I know what works. I'm not looking at other people's workout and basing my workout and what I need to do off of what I see. And when I'm at the gym, I am so focused on my workout that I can care less about who's coming off and on the machines. And we need to have that same darn energy in our life. You can care less how many times the Amazon truck, the UPS truck, your neighbors are out walking their dog because you are transfixed on one thing. How do I get the life that I want and I deserve? And what things can I do right now presently? If I didn't get another dime today, what is something that I can put in my life that will give me unexplicit joy? It doesn't rely on a person. It doesn't rely on a bank account. What is something that you can think of that you can put in your life today that will give you joy? And I think that's where we need to start from. We need to start from that place. When we try to model what other people are doing, we get into this thing of either we don't understand why it's not looking the way it looks on them, on us, or we begin to undermine it. And, and quite frankly, we all have our own paths. And we get to show up and be there when we get to show up and be there. And not a moment sooner. And that's really the key to all of this. It's about balancing all of these parts and still staying laser focused on what's important for you. So I hope this message resonates with some of you. And I hope you understand that your life is what matters. And you are the most important component of your life. And there are many things in this lifetime that you are worthy and have a born right to. And those things may not all happen all at once. And they may take a bit of time for all those things to culminate together. And that is okay. But run your own race. Don't look at what other people are doing 
you can always get inspiration. It's okay to check out things that may have a pull to you energetically that you may like, but run your own race and be authentic to you. And we get to rewrite our lives at any point in time in this journey. I had committed a couple of years ago to myself that I was a runner. And today I no longer run. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I don't need to show people what happened to me. I don't need to talk about my history story. Because guess what? At the end of the day, I was able to get my body to a physical point that serves me, that has gotten me strong, and has yielded me results. And it didn't happen with running. And that gets to be okay. So as always, you can listen to any other podcast, but you chose to listen to mine. And as always, namaste, friends.